welcome back to the pop chart a podcast discussing everything at the top of our charts in pop culture this week my name is ezekiel gutierrez and i have had it with these motherfucking snakes <laughs> on this motherfucking plane <laughs> okay i have a question have you have you actually seen that movie i, I have oh I'm, i have absolutely, not <laughs> you've not I've like never seen it. it's one of the like movies that you know uh, it's kind of like the room right where yeah. you can quote it but you maybe not have seen it but right. when you've actually seen it in like the the moments hit, you're like oh 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 oh, oh that right there right, there. <laughs> right? and that's a hundred percent one of them when it finally gets to the part where he's just like had it with all these snakes <laughs> on this plane it's the whole movie is based around basically that one line and it is yeah i would imagine the people a, who went and saw that who saw all the trailers we're just like, I'm just waiting for that scene. <laughs> yeah. No, never gotten around to it. Not not sure that it's really on my list it, or it, worth the time. The moment has passed. The moment has yeah, passed. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. How are you doing, sir? Oh man, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, honestly. Uh what's popping with you, Easy? Oh, we're just wrapping up a little four day mini mini vacation that had us like well, we haven't stopped. We, go, mm. we both go back to work, but we had a couple of days off. We did a bonsai run up to uh, Northern California to visit with my folks for a couple of days. We actually brought the we actually brought the pup along with us to see how well he does. And homeboy doesn't mind a little road trip. Mm. Uh, yeah, he did really good. We came back yesterday. Mm -hmm. We had about two hours turnaround time before we headed right back out because we had tickets to see coco live in concert so it's Ooh. like the very popular like watch a movie on the big screen with a live orchestra uh mm -hmm. playing the entire score and i'll tell you uh i only ever want to watch my favorite movies on the big screen in this <laughs> manner because right. it is such a wonderful blending of two things that one are just like important to me as like a musician and as a as just a lover of film um to be able to watch a movie like that, especially a movie that that I hold so dear, um, yeah. like that, and you know, wonderful too. It was a um, the like National Flocorico uh, Orchestra of Mexico playing the music. Um, so just like layers of awesomeness, it, it kind of an interesting bookend too. Because when that movie first came out, um, Cynthia and I were very much like, "We'll take anyone who wants to go see this movie." Like we were. <laughs> This was yeah, so yeah. such your a big Latino deal. side was showing just a little bit there oh, when you're huge. like, Rico. yeah, <laughs> huge, huge. We were just like, <laughs> we took our family, we like took all my family, my grandfather, my my dad, my mom, my sisters, everyone was there. So it was nice because we kind of did that again for for this trip, uh, mm, for this trip mm -hmm. to see the movie. It was only my dad's second time seeing it, and he was like, "Wow, what a way to see this movie!" For sure. Um, so that was that was incredible. I think you know these things are they're doing this a lot more now i think like my white whale will be like to watch a lord of the rings with with one of those mm -hmm. symphony orchestras there sure. um but if you have the chance to to watch one of these like classics with a live orchestra i highly recommend it have you have you had a chance to do that yet i want to say yes but i can't name it so i'm actually gonna say no i don't think i have because most of the time it's been like the the presentation version that i see after the fact where um like you know they have coco in concert um uh, on disney plus 
Uh, I'm sorry. Where did you say that it was playing at when you? Went uh, to it was it? at. It was. Uh, it's the North America tour right now, and I. I don't know if it's like wrap wrapping up right now, but we went to Cerritos to see it at mm. the Cerritos Performing Arts Center. Like I know you and I have seen like John Williams, like right conduct the orchestra of his music, which is that's like, where I, mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't consider that like the same thing where they right. they played the whole movie, right? It is the entire film, and mm. every minute is scored except for like the scenes that don't have scoring in it um so you know this is a disney concert film so essentially they send they send this with a basically a scoreless version of they're not playing like the the musicians are not playing over the score in the movie that score doesn't exist you're only hearing that but it's interesting because like the movie is so good but the reason we went and saw this was to experience the 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 music Mm-hmm. But you you forget sometimes that like you know you go to any concert and if you're sitting in the nosebleed like most of us do you end up watching the screen instead of the actual live musicians on stage right. which is why you're really there right so you kind of have to do that a couple times like you're you're just enthralled by the movie and you're like oh my god like there's a live orchestra like 15 feet away from us playing this music and you <laughs> you get you get taken out of the movie because like the score play is played much loudly much louder than it is in the film so yeah. sometimes the music swells and you're just like wow where is this coming from you're like right there mm-hmm. the musicians are right on stage right there so it was <laughs> there awesome they're there i see it them. was it was so incredible yeah i would any the, the next time you have the opportunity to do that i highly suggest that version <laughs> it's pretty awesome fantastic yeah. uh, tickets are pretty reasonably pr- priced as well I very assume. yeah very i think we i think we got orchestra seats like maybe 10 rows from the stage for like 50 60 bucks or something like that so it was reasonable in in my opinion for you know live music um mm-hmm. cerritos is a beautiful beautiful theater but it's it's a pretty small theater mm-hmm. um not like pantages or anything like that but right yeah it was totally worth it i mean pantages itself even feels a little small to me compared to like um the orange county performing arts center which is like really deep oh yeah segerstrom right yeah segerstrom is huge is big yeah mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. seen a couple things there. That's a that's a that's like full on Broadway production level stuff there. It sure feels that way, and I feel like the acoustics are better in that space than Pantages. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. to say, but right. like, <laughs> I, I know Pantages carries more of the um, maybe cultural value uh, right now. It's more sure. of a, like a uh, it, one of those places that if tourists come in, like, what am I supposed to see? You know, you're like, like yeah, oh, whatever's playing at the Pantages. Yeah, technically mm-hmm. you're supposed to see it at the Pantages, but like honestly, if you can make it out to Orange County, it's <laughs> yeah, it's a nice theater. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah, cool, man. Well, yeah. I'm glad that you had such a good time. I know you've been really, you know, sticking your nose to the grindstone at work. So any break like this, especially around the holiday season, uh, but before it really kicks into full gear, which you know, uh, as I'm saying it out loud, it really makes me want to do our list of like holiday classics or oh like yeah that. i think we're gonna you know have to have that for something that, that, yeah i think that's we, coming we're up soon do that. yeah we um, we you know we've been busy right up until now i mean you know before the weekend i was like well i want to talk marvels mm-hmm. so let me go out after we got back from disneyland this morning i was like oh you, you were at disney movie. today <laughs> yeah let me let me go watch this movie because we got a podcast about it tonight. You, yeah, geez, you busy, chock full of stuff like <laughs> Disney movie and podcasting all in the same day. You're only one man. I mean, come you know on. What? If it was easy, are you? everyone would do it. Are okay. you one one man? <laughs> yes. <Yeah, sorry. laughs> uh. <laughs> 
So before we jump into the Marvels, uh, I, I wanted to briefly touch on the kingdom of the planet of the apes. Oh, man. Uh, a little teaser trailer uh, uh, dropped uh, just a moment, oh, I wouldn't say a moment ago, but last week, if I'm not mistaken. It and came it out last week. We were talking about maybe trying to do like a live reaction to do like a reel or something like that. But yeah, it played in both of our uh, screenings of the Marvels. So yeah, in, and instead it's of playing doing a live in the background right it, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't see it, but I, I cannot. Can, and it's going to be in our footage. Boy, oh, boy. So, yeah. it. What do you, what do you think about this? It's like a uh it's a continuation of the movie or the trilogy really uh that started back with rise of the planet of the apes rise dawn war um yeah. it's you know this is i've talked about my love and admiration for that trilogy on many a show prior to this creation so for right. uh listeners or viewers of this one uh i need to make sure you're aware that it as far as film franchises or trilogies are concerned it goes lord of the rings mm -hmm. apes apes is number two literally nothing else matters <laughs> um star wars is in there maybe it's there somewhere it's, an... it's there there's many trilogies in star wars no man like apes is i mean i've got a tattoo from uh right. from apes here yeah this is one of my absolute favorite franchises um what Matt Reeves did with those final two films, uh, you know, I don't want to take any anything away from um, who was like, who's the first? Oh, see, this is this is the problem because Rise of the Planet of the Apes is so good, uh, set that incredible franchise in motion. Rupert Wyatt, um, yes, just incredible. All three of these movies better than the next. Um, but I am I am a little bit biased. I did get a chance to go visit the set in in New Orleans of right. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So being there, I was just like, well, this is going to be my favorite movie of all time. And when it came out, I was like, well, that's my favorite movie of the year without yep. question. Yeah. Um, but then when War came out, it it hit home that these movies were just really well taken care of, um, mm -hmm. just perfectly put together. So when they announced it. Another one was coming up, but it wasn't going to have Matt Matt Reeves directing. I was a little worried about it, but when they announced that it was Wes Ball, who again did the Maze Runner uh, trilogy, which I I think are solid movies, mm -hmm. um, I thought, oh, Wes Ball is a very capable filmmaker, and I don't think we're going to have a problem here. And then seeing the trailer, I was like, re it felt reassuring to me that I was like a franchise that I hold so dear. Mm -hmm. um still seems like it's being taken very very good care of mm -hmm. um so i am psyched <laughs> and kingdom <laughs> has now become my most anticipated movie of 2024 full stop fantastic well yeah. uh i'll be honest prior to the trailer announcement and drop i i honestly didn't know that they were making this uh and as as a fan of the trilogy actually you know what let, let me briefly touch on that as well because i love the trilogy as a complete story i don't love the third movie i don't love war at all really uh, i really do oh, I, I i unequivocally love the first two yeah but the third one i don't because it's so sad it's just it is everything. a tough watch 
and and <laughs> it's yeah, true. And like, like the thing is that you know, when it comes to movies in general, I enjoy going to it for sharing experiences just like this, where I can converse with you about, mm-hmm. um, not just you, but anybody uh, about uh, the feelings, like the soaring highs, the low lows, and it, like War feels to me like it could have been the middle chapter as opposed to the end chapter because it's like where everything really goes wrong mm-hmm. and nothing goes well and it's just like there's there's some things uh and again i agree with from a creative standpoint for example and again this is spoilers for what like a six-year-old movie at this yeah, point yeah go for but it <laughs> like, like woody harrelson in the, th- in the third one like plays a great antagonist villain in the trailers they paint him to be more of a mustache twirling kind of bad guy but in the actual movie he is he feels more like an actual general making strategic decisions to cripple his enemy. And I don't like that when I really like the hero, right? Like I don't like this guy. So then again, just being uh, fluent in the language of cinema and media or being somewhat media literate, I would consider myself like you're trained to expect a payoff when the confrontation happens. And what I find creatively satisfying is that he goes or matt reeves the director goes with a a take that is more honest to war it's not pretty it's messy right it's um you know you're trying to do everything you can to get your side to win uh and it's not often unsatisfying so like the way in which woody harrelson's character dies is completely unsatisfying to sure, me. sure 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 i i can understand that yeah and i hate that yeah yeah I respect it, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And then again, like this character, Caesar, who's developed and you've seen his struggles and you've mm. seen him improve and love and care and nurture and hate and hate himself. Like, so that's such a good character. Mm-hmm. And he dies. It's like, I, I didn't want to pay my money to watch this guy die. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, mm. expert mm. played expertly. By the brilliant Andy Circus. Who's um, ever heard of him? He's yeah. just some actor. <laughs> some I mean. guy. Um, no, what did he and... do since? Come on. <laughs> or prior. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I think that's what I loved about War. What uh-huh. and I think that's why I also find like things like Rogue One to be um I connect with those ones where the heroes you know, they're, they're successful, mm-hmm. but they don't get to ride off into the sunset. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting choice, albeit maybe an unpopular one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see why. You know, I think I think the pinnacle of that one, it's like, uh, you know, it's it's definitely Empire Strikes Back is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that is absolutely the high watermark for those three. But I, I think you're right. As a whole, they are great. Um mm-hmm. I I think I have a, a, a much uh, bigger affinity for war than than you do, but I think we can South both Park. agree. Yeah. I think that we can both agree that as a whole story, mm-hmm. they are fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, such such a good. And so, are, I mean, are you looking forward to this one? This yeah, this one so feels <laughs> much bigger in scope. Right, right. And so, um, so number one, I would say that learning about it this way like not knowing that it was being made yeah. not being b- caught up and then like hey there's a trailer drop. i was like there's another hapes movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 
And I had to look it up. Like, uh, when, yeah, when is the last time we had a chance to visit this world? Has it really been this long? And it mm-hmm. has. Yeah, it's like six years since the last one as of now. So by the time this one comes out, it's like almost seven. And that is a long time without an apes movie. Um, and especially. I'm, and I think that is perfect. Because oh, yeah, absolutely. I complain. Perfect. We complain so much about like. Why don't you just give us some time to miss these characters or give us some time to just like dwell on that? They're doing that. They're like, why don't we figure this out first? (laughs) Like, we're going to talk about that when we get into the Marvels and start chewing on that stuff. But like, yeah, like the fact that it's been a while, so we miss it and we want to return to this world. The fact that, yes, there was a trilogy, but Apes as a franchise has been going on for a much longer time. And so, unlike, I don't know, for me, unlike the uh, other franchise mentality uh, where perhaps uh, they shove things out too quickly or, um, you know, an ending doesn't feel like an ending, even though Caesar's story is over, uh, we knew that this world was meant to continue, that it was more or less a prequel trilogy. And I'm excited to see what comes next. But I really wanted to lay that context of how I felt about war that makes me excited about this one where, you know, if war was like a depressing, like I honestly, I rewatched it. It's not like I just saw it once and just wrote it off. No, it's depressing. Like, I rewatched shit. it and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's a downer. This movie sucks. It's really well made, but it sucks. Like I don't like this. <laughs> Listen, so, Steve Zahn's in it. Okay. That's a, yeah. that was one of my favorite things about that movie. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's where this is actually kind of, um, taking the reboot and it's not a reboot it's a continuation of the reboot prequel and like making it more in line with traditional planet of the apes stories or not traditional but at least the former ones where you know we're past all of the development part now they this is where they exist now and yep. the humans are the um wild creatures and that's fascinating it's it's Super almost great. like a yeah a genuine new take uh, on an old concept for Planet of the Apes. And I, yeah, I couldn't be more excited. So if our cards and the stars align, I will go see this with you. Oh, because, I'm in. Yeah. I'm absolutely like, in. I'm, I'm ready to buy my ticket happen. right now. I do want to say, and I maybe I don't need to say this, but I'm going to because this is our show. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give too <laughs> I feel like I gave credit to the studio for for giving us the time but if i'm thinking about it right now it Uh probably had a lot more to do with the disney fox acquisition that maybe stretched things and maybe COVID. so i don't want to give it too much credit because i think if COVID hadn't happened and disney buying fox we probably would have had this movie two years after war let's be honest it's definitely possible but i'm glad i'm glad that um i'm not gonna say i'm glad COVID happened because we got kingdoms eight years later i'm just saying wow i'm glad there has been this much time because looking at it it's like it was surprising even you know you you think like okay because it's not the same filmmakers or whatever Mm. sure it's the same studio it's probably the same creative um you know besides the director it's you know weta's probably still involved with this um but seeing it i was like oh my gosh (laughs) It still yeah. looks the same, but yeah. it's different. And there's new new characters and the apes are like far more developed than they were even in war. You're just like, holy smokes, this is gonna be it's gonna yeah. be interesting. I mean, like I feel like and I, again I could live to regret these words because we'll review it after it comes out, but like you'd have to really struggle to make this bad. Yeah, I mean the blueprint is there. Yeah. Then you've uh, got, you know, the you, you know you're laying the groundwork for what 
came before technically but even though it's after right so yeah i mean yeah you you might live to regret that and now you're putting it out in the world and i'm like how dare you for making this movie bad brendan <laughs> but yeah it's all right it's all i right. think it's a good I've, hands. I've got confidence west ball is a, a is a competent director i mean shoot nintendo thinks so they just gave him the reins to the live action zelda uh movie, it's finally so. happening that's happening that's huge that's a big deal so i'm it absolutely is and i'm really curious about the zelda movie mainly because link never speaks so should like be i mean interesting you know yeah you know who also never spoke except for one line in one movie caesar rise of the planet he didn't speak either man and that movie is fantastic (laughs) right so i mean like immediately if they choose like that's gonna be tricky though yeah to give him a voice and like talk a lot or not talk a lot i really feel like he should be a more reserved character but we'll get to that when we cover that so i think i think that takes us to our girls in the marvels you want to chat about that because i i definitely do i do it's a little bit of context before we dive 100 percent into spoiler talk uh miss well, not Miss Marvel, and um, she, she doesn't really take her 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 name, but, but Captain Rambo coming from the Disney Plus series, um, and then of course Captain Marvel coming from her movie from 2019. Shockingly, can't believe yeah. it's been that long already. Been a while. Uh, yeah, Captain. This is a more of a sequel to that, adding in these other two characters from the Disney Plus series, which I think is a really smart way of integrating them in. Uh, it definitely makes you like the characters faster so you can just kind of get to the story about yeah. it. And the story of this uh, picks up 30 years, basically, after the end of Captain Marvel from 2019. Uh, that movie was set in the 90s uh, when Captain Marvel, um, Brie Larson's Carol Danvers, uh, gets her powers from the one of the Infinity Stones. They were bouncing around everywhere back then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this uh, at the end of the, her first movie, it finds um, Nick Fury and uh, Carol Danvers trying to help the scrolls relocate. And while they do kind of touch on that, well, I kind of touch on that. It's a big focus of Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. They don't really acknowledge the events of Secret Invasion too much in this sequel follow-up. So yeah, it's mainly kind of picking up from uh, Captain Marvel's first film whilst incorporating in those other storylines. Uh, this one is supposed to take place roughly around now, 2023, I guess. And it, yeah, finds our heroes in a situation where their powers have become entangled, as maybe you've seen in the trailers, which is a, a really interesting and fun concept for any team, I would say. Like, you could stick yeah. the Avengers in there or the Fantastic Four or something, and this is, like, just one of the things that happens in comic books. And that's what I really enjoyed about this the spirit of like just picking up a comic book doing something fun and then like okay what else does it need to be and that's where i had my good time with this uh the characters the actresses especially are just all so charismatic and fun and i do not get why so many neckbeards don't like brie larson like what exactly like what exactly is your problem with this like she seems like such a a great actress that happens to have an opinion that like just because you disagree with her about one thing yeah she's so talented she's so, so charismatic and i've seen like people say she's a charisma black hole I'm like what what, yeah, what are, are you, you watching what, yeah. are, what are you watching here because Seriously. she looks like she's having the time of her life she looks like she's right. having a really good time with this i think she plays this character 
so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like perfect for this role. Yeah. And she's bringing it, man. <laughs> she <laughs> brought it. it. Yeah. It's been brought. In. Yes. <laughs> so we're both coming at it from we've seen WandaVision. We and we're where we've both seen Ms. Marvel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel, probably one of the highlights of the Disney Plus shows for me so far. Right. Uh, I think Iman Vellani is such a breath of fresh air um, in this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, mm-hmm. now that she's in there. And and to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, the first of the character, uh, uh, the first new character to be introduced in a Disney Plus show to be brought into the MCU. Am I right? Well, I mean, seeing as Tiana Paris's, um That's true. Uh, I mean... But she technically also Monica was Rambo. introduced in the original Captain Marvel. Right. So yeah, if you're just following a character. the character, you're right. Okay. Um, yeah, because I can't think of a character because Moon Knight hasn't shown up yet. She-Hulk hasn't shown shown up yet. So I think right. you might be right. Yeah, pretty close at least. Yeah. Um, I was a huge fan of Captain Marvel. I know that that movie we could talk about that till we're blue in the face about its reception and review yeah, bombing yeah. and yeah. talking toxic masculinity and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I unabashedly loved captain marvel i thought it was so much fun um albeit you know a little paint by numbers but still really a solid introduction to that character um i liked wandavision in that character i loved miss marvel so i was like really expecting like even the trailers i was like yeah this movie was made for me because i love all these characters and i liked (laughs) captain marvel and this is going to be fantastic Mm -hmm. and I'm happy to say that I really, really liked Captain Marvel. I think, or the Marvels. The Marvels, yeah. Yeah, I really, really liked this movie. Um, you know, you get, there's so much negativity around Marvel as a whole right now. And then, mm-hmm. especially you see the numbers and and obviously box office is, is not the measure of a good movie. No. Um, but it's hard to like escape the like, this is the lowest grossing MCU film ever. And you're like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that sucks for the people involved. Um, mm-hmm. but I think post Endgame, this is my favorite MCU film so far. Really? Um, maybe No Way Home, right? I think obviously No mm-hmm. Way Home is probably the high water mark to this point. Yeah. Yeah. But like this is way better than Quantumania. Way better <laughs> than Love and Thunder. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I keep forgetting about Guardians. Um Right. But that's not great either. Um, This was a blast. It gave me Mm -hmm. everything that I wanted to see in a team-up movie with these three characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really looking forward to watching Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel's uh, kind of relationship play out. And Mm -hmm. and I got what I expected to get, I got, um, you know, yeah, it's not just like fluff. You know, it could have easily been a whole lot of fluff, but there's there's some scenes like specifically like uh you know Captain Rambo calling out Carol Danvers for never coming back. Um right. and I think that's really interesting. I was like, oh shit, we we're doing this. Okay, this is cool. Um <laughs> the the choreography right. between them switching uh is really, really fascinating. Mm-hmm. The pers- you know, the perspective of her being the annihilator, um that was really fascinating, like a totally different viewpoint of, you know, we think of of Captain Marvel as the hero, one of the heroes of uh, of Endgame, right? She helped right. destroy Thanos, right? But in but but all the while, like she had kind of Thanos the planet, uh, not mm-hmm. thinking about it. 
while she's saving the world, we're like, yeah, meanwhile right. in the background, she like kind of destroyed an entire civilization. Right. Um that was a really interesting take. Um and to and then, sure. then kind of like go back in time and see her do that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, that's exactly what we wanted her to do post Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. But then the the fallout of that is like really a center focus of this and you know the the you know our our villain so to speak in this movie um is a is kind of a um you know creation from that moment i i, I don't know i i really liked it yeah i no, really for, really liked for it sure <laughs> like yeah uh same i i really enjoyed it too um so yeah like uh just to be- again before jumping into the full spoilers I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a good time. It reminds me of a comic book in energy and in concept. And yeah, um, to touch on what you talked about with the Annihilator angle. So starting with Captain Marvel herself, uh, at the end of her film, she was kind of swore vengeance against the people who uh, tricked her and denied her her previous life. And that is reasonable. But as you also mentioned, uh, that's kind of like Thanos in the sense where you're only thinking about your own stake in the game and you un- end up maybe inadvertently um destroying a whole planet with innocent people on there yeah. not really cool uh carol so yeah like captain marvel is more or less like the what would you say the superman analog i suppose mm-hmm. in in the current uh mcu where she is basically all powerful and mainly indestructible so how do you make that person relatable and something that you shouldn't to be interested in following well you give her a human problem of like making mistakes and only thinking about yourself and then having to live with those consequences i would say that i'm not a huge fan of this whole because of this one mistake until i fixed it i didn't think i could come home yeah deal that she talks about i'm with you only because it's 30 years that they say you were gone for 30 years and i needed you here which i agree with that point yep 30 years is way too long to be sorting out your stuff. That's something you do in your teenage years, Carol, okay? Yeah. We, it's called growing up, all right? Just. And during that time, you had fought, like, an intergalactic battle and dealt with, like, death on a scale you've never hitherto undreamt, <laughs> undreamt of, of. In, the words, in the words of Doctor Strange. <laughs> Did you um... just say hitherto undreamt of? <laughs> like, yeah, like pull your shit together carol like that that is a that is a bullshit excuse yeah Um, for sure for sure yeah i was like yeah i'm 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 with rambo on this like no yeah i would have i mean like it does paint her in a bad light which is how you're supposed to see her but like that that yeah that doesn't hold water for me i would have preferred something else like was keeping her away that she was busy helping and yeah maybe for the last five years she's been trying to deal with the emotional damage but well, not only that but yeah. it's like it's a good it's a good excuse like in uh, in in endgame where they're like are we gonna see you around she goes listen there's a lot of other planets mm-hmm. that are dealing with the same stuff i'm pretty busy it's like okay yeah. in that context i get that yeah. In this context, I, I do not. That, that's yeah. that's not an excuse I accept at all. Exactly. Exactly. Now, some of the let, let's talk about the good things that I liked um, before diving into Kamala and um, Monica. Number one, the integration into the MCU as a whole, I think, was handled really well. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like you know, hey, we have to force the story in this direction to make sure you know the next movie coming up is. Actually, we don't know. Maybe that's the reason why we're not including maybe, that in this yeah, film. Yeah, maybe. But I really like that that like 
Uh, again, full spoilers. Valkyrie shows up out of nowhere. I was like, hey, my girl Valkyrie is here. That's yeah. awesome. And she's gone. Oh, you know what? That's all that you needed to do. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And like, and like, uh, there's a reason for it, right? There's a reason that yeah. you're kind of like, okay, it didn't feel shoehorned um as much as a lot of these moments do phil schoenhorn we'll talk about we'll talk about the mid credit scene uh yeah. or no actually end credit scene um yeah. like it felt like oh that that might be who you call right they're still trying to rebuild mm-hmm. and they're they they're kind of like open borders over there in asgard like let us take in your tired and your poor yeah um and so that felt good like of all the people she could call like I'm sitting there when she said like I made a call and I was like okay who's this who's yeah. this gonna be you know yeah. it takes you out of the movie a little bit because you're like okay let me see if I can guess and I was like <laughs> oh I didn't guess that one but I was like yeah. well that actually makes that actually makes sense and it honestly is uh, one of the answers to online discussions like well if the scrolls really needed to go somewhere then why didn't they just call Valkyrie she's like got a whole kingdom and you right. know she can do whatever she wants now because Thor just gave up Asgard to her like yeah that makes total sense like who else yeah. are you gonna call Tony's yeah. dead right rest in peace for now <laughs> oh don't you <laughs> I feel like we could fill a podcast yeah. with that yeah but like that's what I mean like it, it makes total sense it was just long enough to make you go hey cool it's valkyrie they had a nice sweet moment and it's over mm-hmm. you know yeah. and again towards the end of the movie kate bishop shows up and it's like that's the perfect amount of kate bishop you just need hey highly stand seinfeld for a day uh let's just shoot the scene and yeah we're done i much prefer that sort of stuff for the mcu integration uh the other it's thing it's not it's like like it's not the the ant-man um <laughs> uh what's his what was his name before he was captain america falcon it wasn't yeah. like ant-man falcon where it's like we gotta do this whole thing and make sure you're you know blah 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 it's like nope just they exist yeah we, we all it, recognize that they're all here it's it like there was a certain point i think in the um defenders tv series where they mentioned like oh the incident in new york or like the battle for new york and i was just like guys just I, i've had enough you've said it plenty of times yeah. i get it yeah I get it. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to be reminded, hey, by the way, this takes place in the MCU is what it sounded like, you know? Right. And right, then right. this this one, I think it tells its own story while still being an MCU movie, which is I yeah. thought was great. And then again, in the spirit of like just comic book fun, they go to a planet where their language was singing. And I love that idea. I honestly wish they did so more, good. I'm so relieved. <laughs> more with it. Right? Like uh, uh, I was seeing some of the reviews and online discussion where it's like, yeah, w- they had a fight. Why didn't they show them communicating like, oh, the fuck on the left? I I was like, I'm watching this moment. And I'm going, well, this is going to either this is going to be the thing, the uh, scene in this movie that are going to divide audiences. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to look at this and be like, oh, what the hell is this? What Th- have they, they jumped the shark. Right. What on earth is this? And then I felt like I was like, this is just weird enough mm-hmm. that I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, it felt like kind of like a like if Star Wars can do this, why can't Marvel do this? Mm-hmm. Um, it is so strange, but so unique. I was like, what a great what a thing you would absolutely read in a comic book and be like, OK, the writers went to some places here where this right. whole civilization can only sing. 
that's very interesting and she's like do, she's like giving context and dialogue in sing song and mm-hmm. you're like this is so weird and cool and i think some people are gonna hate it and i was yeah. luckily not on that end where i was like no this is fine i think some people are gonna be like this is cringe this uh, is exposition it's not a transition we must have to... we <laughs> yeah, are on I a mission it. i thought it was great i let's thought it was go, so cool let's go you know yeah <laughs> yeah did not hate so... it at all yeah, and then like the other two are just like dancing, getting along. Oh yeah, in that little corner dance. where they're just like, they're, they're, oh wait, shoot, they're, they're stuck yeah. going. They're, they're, they're feeling themselves. And by mm-hmm. the way, that dress that she transforms into, I wish was like in the movie more too. Like, could <laughs> she have just so had cool. the fight scene in that sweet right, right. Captain Marvel Captain Marvel esque dress? Oh, man, <laughs> Pretty cool. um, yeah. So again, overall, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, things that I didn't like about it, um. I, again, I wish that it was a little bit longer in the um, musical aspect. They didn't explore it quite enough. Um, I do feel like they were they were pretty easy-handed on some of the drama that they 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 tried to enact in the movie. Specifically, like the tension between Carol and Monica, I didn't really feel like mm. hit hard enough. Like they could have really dug in more, or like you know, um, had I don't know. They feel like they were pulling their punches. Maybe is is a better way of saying it. And it, kind of just something that maybe just bothers me. I didn't like Captain Marvel's second outfit. I love this version that I've got on the screen right now with like the bright red and like yeah. the blue, and even the short sleeve version. Like I think that looks great. It the, felt a little DCU on the on that second one. A little a one, little toned down and muted. It was yeah. It was like like the other two girls are bright and colorful, and then. Like Carol is just this dim, huge star on her chest, and I was just like, it's just I was off-putting. It didn't look like a superhero outfit to me, while the other two absolutely did. So it didn't you know, look like a Marvel superhero yeah. outfit. It it looked like it was in a Zack Snyder film. It looked very much like Superman's dark suit. I More thought it was just unfinished, right? Like, like right. <laughs> we hadn't like, put that second coat of varnish yeah, on it yet. Yeah, there's supposed to be something else there, but I did yeah. really like um, a Ms. Marvel suit when she gets suited up in in that same on that mm-hmm. same planet. I remember in my head thinking like, "Oh, I really like that one." Uh, it's yeah. just, just a slight tweaks here and there, yeah. but like, I love the angles on on her suit. They're so cool. But um, did you expect her to have the mask, like the domino mask, like she has in the series? Because I, I did. Uh, I was I was waiting for like the scarf to come into play because oh, that's like true, yeah. because um like I just remember like the the scarf plays a big role in in the comics, mm-hmm. um and so when that guy's like oh use the scarf, I was like oh it's like a little weapon. I was like oh okay good integration. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but then that's the only time that she used it. So it's like mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You could have just whipped whipped uh I don't even know the villain's name. She's kind of Yeah, and that's the other part that probably doesn't mm-hmm. hit quite so great in, in this film. Like she uh apparently this is the real life partner of Tom Hiddleston, right? Like the oh, actress really? who yeah. Apparently the that. actress who, who plays uh the villain who I can't even really remember her name. It was like Dar Bend or yeah, something Darben. like that. Mm-hmm. Um like has a really well thought out villain arc in terms of like yeah if captain marvel came to our planet and you watched that happen you'd probably be pissed at her too yeah it's very reasonable but yet like all she's there is to be like hey i'm the plot and remember and that's about it 
Yeah. I don't know if you took it the same way, but that's how 100%. I took it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we can't even remember her name, right? There are there are lists of villains that I'd be like hard pressed to be like I don't even know that character's name, right? Anything from you know like Ant- that Ant Man and the Wasp character, I don't remember that villain's name. Mm. Um, yeah, there's some things that are just you know in in the grand scheme of things, right? You've got villains who are like in multiple films mm-hmm. and we'll never forget Thanos and we'll never forget Loki because those were such iconic characters. Right. So these smaller ones that kind of come and go throughout this uh, thing are, are a little bit harder to recognize unless they're like yeah. absolutely crushing it. So I feel, I feel like maybe she wasn't written as, as well as she could have oh, been. Yeah. Like I'm not putting this on the actress at all oh, who, yeah. you know, I, she's, doing her her level best yeah yeah but it's just like you you made her uh the 99 cent store ronan the accuser yeah yeah yeah. wrong with the wrong outfit like you gave her the same hammer and essentially the same power uh like i'll be it i'll say like i I agree with the like 99 cent store version of ronan (laughs) i think her her drive is a much more fleshed out yes. than Ronin's was. Yeah. Um, so I like that about her because you, you, you know, you almost empathize with her a little bit going like, mm-hmm. I mean, how could you not? You're trying to protect your people and this and that. And they, they have that moment where, you know, Carol Danvers is saying like, I get why you're doing this, uh, yeah. but you're, you're going to end up destroying yourself and potentially unless I fix it, your, your whole people and your planet and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which, you know, she ends up doing. Um, I am, I'm trying to figure out if it, if I remember, you know, she's on the hunt for the bangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bangles one that uh, we've established um, Kamala Khan has one of them. Right. And she's looking for the other one. I don't really know, like, besides the whole time and space thing, like, how did she come to know about the bangle? We don't, we don't really get that. She's just yeah, movie who starts. Who cares? She's, she's <laughs> on the search for it. Yeah, all we that's know is all like, you need to know. If you watch Ms. Marvel, you'd know what this thing is, right? I think some people are going to look at that and be like, oh, here's another MacGuffin. Um, but if you've watched Ms. Marvel, you know how powerful this thing is and how yeah. important it is to to the, this whole world as it is. So, um, yeah. But yeah. it's a very meat and potatoes, like, 100%. You need, you need to have like a, a something that we're both going after that we can have conflict. Yeah. Nah, we cool. We cool. All right. Right, right. and and yeah so uh i would like to wrap up our conversation about the movie with this great article um on gizmodo of 11 burning questions we have after the marvels okay i'd like to to attempt to answer it um so spoiler warning which we've already talked about uh and this just to give full credit is written by james whitbrook and at the time of recording was published yesterday so Question nice. number one. Did all of the Tarnax four scrolls go to New Asgard? Which I think is a very interesting question. So it's saying in the immediate aftermath of Darben, yep, sucking out the atmosphere on Tarnax, we see their ruler and a small group of scroll refugees on Carol's ship, whisked away via the Bifrost by King Valkyrie. But there was more than one ship that managed to escape the world amid Darben's assault. Where did they go? Did they also get invited to New Asgard? After the events of Secret Invasion, is Earth at large suddenly just totally fine with a bunch of scrolls showing up in Norway? Or will they now be living in secret again? So when I read that, I'm I immediately thought, yeah, since the um the 
emperor or what did he say his name was like the guy in charge of the scrolls yeah uh, basically had everybody that uh talos did not because talos had everybody else that's right i assume that since their leader went with king valkyrie he would have been like hey anybody else who made it off the planet uh come on down we're gonna be right over here i yeah i would think that they all all of them that escaped that planet also went to new asgard yeah that would be my that would be my guess yeah uh question number two what happened to Al- aladna i think is how it was pronounced uh the that's the, the water planet the water planet yeah so the the article says this honestly might be the biggest and wildest fallout of the Marvels in the second act, which is built entirely around Kamana, Carol, and Monica trying to protect uh, Aladna from Darbin's water heist. They ultimately fail and they have to escape mid assault, but they like never go back and address right. what happened. First of right? all, water heist, great, <laughs> awesome, water heist, so good, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like, hope that. God, I hope like the sh- well, I, it like, took some no time for them check? to shut. Yeah, yeah. So they hmm. literally peace out in the middle of it, and it's like they yep. just protect themselves. That's that's a source of contention between the three ladies. It's like, you know, Kamala's like, whoa, 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 we can't just leave them. It's like they'll be fine. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Will they? Uh, there's no scene addressing it. So hopefully, like director's cut or like second cut, revised George Lucas, George Lucas it and like put it on Disney Plus <laughs> and give me give me the answer. So. Yeah. Uh, question number three, which actually brings up the post-credit tease, which we have not touched on, but a good place to start. The film's big post-credit tease has us learn that the universe Monica stranded herself in. Oh, by the way, for those who didn't watch the movie and somehow listen to the podcast at this point, Monica stranded in the Fox universe for some reason now because the uh, uh, bad guy basically tore a hole in reality and she had to stitch it up from the other, other side. side. Oh, when she said Boy. that, I was like, wait, from the inside, that means you have to go over there. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'm maybe not as smart as Carol Danvers because I didn't go to pilot school and all that shit. Right. But when she said that, I was like, oh, she's going to be stuck over there. And Carol was like, wait, what are you doing? How are you going to do? I'm like, duh. She said she has to be there. Uh, were you listening? Were you paying yeah. attention? She's yeah, so, so selfish. <laughs> Monica stranded herself in to seal the gateway breach in none other in none other than that of fox's x-men movies but how much of those movies actually happened by the time of the marvels clearly not logan considering x-men and charles who gets the name checked by beast are still very much alive and kicking same goes for the timeline shenanigans that lead to days of future pasts dark future so are we after the last stand and two deadpool movies in fact, if Logan somehow matters to Deadpool 3, and Deadpool 3 is now an MCU movie, as it's been repeatedly said so far, will we get multiversal shenanigans now that Fox X-Men universe is firmly established uh, akin, I don't know this word, to prime MCU reality? So, so yeah, one, we're... my brain hurts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is too much to think about. We do, we do have an idea because it's, it's Kelsey Grammer's Beast. It is. Right. Grammar's um, Beast shows up at the end, and I went, I know that voice. Yeah. So it's Kelsey Grammer's Beast. It's a character, um, Maria Rambo, mm-hmm. um, who, uh, the mother Monica. of Monica Rambo. Or yeah. am I switching the two things? No, no. Monica's, uh, Monica's the, the hero in this movie. Yes. And yeah. And Maria's the, the mom. And she's playing uh, a character we have not met yet. 
binary um, binary who has she looks a lot she's got the kind of similar insignia like starish things but she's got both bangles on so it's mm-hmm. like oh, okay now we're gonna have to get an explanation on how she got this and all this <laughs> is too much um so what was the question <laughs> so where what, where exact- are we yeah so with timeline shenanigans and the fact that it's Kelsey Grammer's beast and not like Nicholas Holt. Right. Uh, if we're to take everything that happened in the Fox movies, X-Men movies specifically, as canon, where in that timeline does this fall? And it's likely before Days of Future Past or Logan. Yes. But it's going to be after Deadpool 1 and 2, but also after X-Men The Last Stand. And well, like also said, this whole like the new Deadpool MCU movie that's coming out next year is probably yeah. going to get even more confusing because he's going to go right. on a multiversal killing rampage. So I'll be honest with you. Here's here's my honest answer. I, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Exactly. Um, I thought it was cool and I it does not matter to me when I don't know when it is. Yeah. It's like I get that people want to put that together for me. And it's like, <laughs> who, who cares? <laughs> I think. My explanation, and I'm pretty sure that Deadpool is going to say this too, is that, yeah, it doesn't matter. But more importantly, it's just these are the X-Men movies, you know, right? Right. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. That's as far as you need to think about it. Like, well, where does it fit into the the MCU? Hey, you saw them, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. You got it. Okay. Don't try to figure out where it is in time. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Just just watch it. Because, like, would you just look at Wolverine's blue and yellow suit? Oh my god. That's all I- <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm telling you. Okay. Right. That's gonna that's gonna be Ryan Reynolds next. Yeah. Week. All right. So speaking of binary, why is Maria Rambo binary in that universe? The other big shock Monica faces waking up from her ordeal, other than having um Hank McCoy up in her grill, is right beside her in the med bay is Maria Rambo, except in this universe she is not her mother. Mm-hmm. She's in fact binary. And unlike in our reality, uh, where our Maria got to the, what do you call it, got to the crash site second because she was flying along with Carol, mm-hmm. uh, she got the powers. Now, in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, uh, she shows up in a different universe as Captain Marvel. So this is right. yet another version of Maria Rambeau. Oh my god, I forgot about binary. that. Maria Rambeau was in that one. Yeah, so there, I even saw something that's not in this article that suggested that yeah, perhaps in every other reality, Maria gets to the site first and is Captain Marvel in just about every other reality. Interesting. Carol is our like variant. And then in this X-Men universe, she's binary, which is kind of like Captain Marvel as well. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm actually going to say on a slight tangent, well not tangent, but like to answer this question, why is Mar- Maria Rambo binary in that universe? I'm gonna say they just established X-Men. We're going to get Rogue. Rogue historically has gotten her powers from Captain Marvel. But I think they don't want Rogue to steal her powers from Carol because they want to keep Carol around, right? So I think they're setting up Maria to be like an analog to Captain Marvel in the Fox X-Men universe. And then Rogue is going to steal the powers from Maria, not from Carol, so that you can still have your Brie Larson and you can have your Rogue as well. That's what I think is going to happen. I had no idea that that was a thing, that that's where Rogue got her powers from. Oh, really? Yeah. that's had no idea. If you've seen Rogue be able to fly and super strong is because she held on to Carol for a little bit too long and 
apparently that's how uh, rogue's powers or mutation works it's Holy she crap. yeah if she touches somebody she gets to absorb their powers temporarily yeah, but if she right. hangs on longer it sticks around longer if she hangs on long enough it'll stay so that's Shish. what she did yeah the more you know mm-hmm. uh speaking of the thing i just mentioned is carol danvers a multiversal anomaly when it comes to captains marvel in the comics binary is the superhero identity of carol danvers in the 80s when she was a close ally of the x-men and had previously had her abilities as miss marvel depowered like i was just saying yeah so uh which i like means- that theory yeah, which means on film, at least, we've seen more universes where Maria Rambo became Captain Marvel <laughs> than we have where Carol Danvers is, between Binary and Captain Marvel glimpsed in um, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So um, it's very interesting that on the big screen so far, Maria has consistently filled the multiversal mantle more than Carol has. Maybe it's a convenient way to keep Lashana Lynch around because, you know. She's great. Why, would, why wouldn't you? She's so good. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, next question was Darben creating incursions. So, as again, established in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, incursions are where two separate universes collide and, like, bad things happen. And it's essentially mm-hmm. the premise of Secret Wars. So, uh, 2025's, what's looking more like 2026's Avengers Secret Wars now, uh, is presumably going to be the culmination of all of these storylines. So we can, like you know, finally see the incursions as they play out. So the whole plot of this movie is, was she punching holes in the interstellar network just to destabilize the network? Or did it also upend the, like, barrier between realities, which is what you kind of said at the end. It felt like, to me, it was the only time where it was, like, a a reality affecting was the very last one. Mm -hmm. The other one just seemed like like she opened like the portals I, I didn't see that as like a i guess galaxy defining it would be crazy if like mars was right there um right in our planet but i i didn't know that that was that's an incursion when mm-hmm. planets are or realities i thought it was when realities were kind of re, um colliding yeah i really feel like this is going to be another hey don't matter just things are sliding together. yeah that's that way we can bring in all of these different people from different movies. Cool. Yeah, open those let's, portals up. Bring them in. Let's, let's, let's go. go have fun. Uh, yeah. Next question is how will Monica get home? This leads to the bigger question about how Monica can get home if the barriers between the Fox X-Men verse and the main MCU are already thin enough that Darben's shenanigans could kick off a potential incursion. Given that Beast implies that people in his reality are at least aware of alternate universes, travel between them still seems pretty rare. So, sure, Monica now knows that she has the power, given enough energy to seal those breaches, which will probably come yes. in handy by the time we get to Secret Wars. Pop them open. Uh, but would she willingly threaten to breach a hole in two universes just to get back? I'm saying no. No. She's just going to stay there, and whatever happens in Secret Wars, that's how she gets back. Like, yeah. You have to have an MCU presence in a different universe in order to make that happen. I agree. All right. Coming up to the end. What will happen to Saber? I don't care. <laughs> don't care. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, aha. This is the one that I definitely want to talk about. Who else is on Kamala's Young Avengers list? So the Marvels concludes with its own little cute homage, which I loved, by the way. 
yeah. to the first MCU post-credits stinger, Kamala Khan emerging from the darkness to enlist someone in her own Avengers initiative. In this She's case, lucky she didn't get Hawkeyes. an arrow to the dome, bro. Right. I've been like, oh. <laughs> so, uh, considering that it's pretty clear that Kate Bishop is going to be the first recruit, and uh, we were guessing that America Chavez is an obvious choice. Who else, uh, besides maybe Peter Parker, could be the a new young Avenger? Um, have we even met them yet? Is what they're suggesting. I didn't even um, think about Peter Parker's current predicament. Yeah. He's going to need a, to be on a team. Uh, it's true, but nobody really knows who he is. Yeah. Right? They just know Spider-Man. They, they know there is a Spider-Man, but that is um, it. I, have, I think that has everything to do with Sony being like... Yes. You can't jerks. play with us. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say, aside from Kate Bishop, she named checks um, stature, uh, Ant-Man, Ant-Man's daughter. Um, so she's probably the first three. I think I saw something that confirmed that as well. Um, even, given that Tommy and Billy, like Wanda Maximoff's kids, were figments of her imagination, I'm going to, I'm ready to just write them off. I write don't them off. They're, they're not a I, part of this anymore. Yeah, don't think that they're happening. Uh, That's true. Th- the, uh, Ant-Man's daughter does play a somewhat significant role in Quantumania. I'm, and they recast her with a new actress, I think, with the intention, with that intention. of doing this. Sure. So, yeah. Um, could a variant of Loki be on the team? I don't know. Haven't seen season two yet. So, potentially. No. Um, Anybody come to mind to you? No. Well, I know we're getting, you know, maybe if Iron Heart. Oh right, right. Iron Heart's coming up. Yeah, maybe Iron Heart. Um, I wouldn't say Echo, because uh, you know she's not very young. She, she's yeah, she's not young. Um, neither you know. And then what's her name? Um, from Black Widow is on her own team. Right. Uh, she's uh, on the Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would just say Iron Heart and America Chavez, and mm-hmm. I like the idea of the Peter Parker angle, but. He might be just yeah. too big for his britches because it's Spider-Man. true. It's true. He's an and established. Then, <laughs> and me personally, I think whatever Young Avengers thing that they do, um, I feel I feel like it would be better as like a special, like a Disney Plus special, mm. not a series. Just mm-hmm. like do a special, kind of like Werewolf by Night. Uh, yep. Here are the Young Avengers. You know them. You love them. And we're done. You have yeah. an Avengers thing now i like it yeah i really don't think that they're they could carry a movie or you know it should be a movie or 10 hours of a show right or six hours in loki sense six episodes mm-hmm. uh almost second to last question are the kree cosmic allies now so a big part of carol's arc in the marvels like we talked about is destroying the supreme intelligence on hala then promptly piecing out kickstarting the kree civil war and the degradation of hala's star Setting the stage for Darben's radicalized ascendance as Supremo. I, I didn't even know that's what she was called. Yeah, but Supremo. now, <laughs> mm-hmm. Captain Asimo, you must call me Asimo now. <laughs> anyway, so Carol restarts the star. Does yes. that fix everything? Like, is Carol actually going to stick around to help? Could the Kree give way to other Marvel cosmic rivals like the Shi'ar, which is what it says? The Shi'ar are in X Men. Ah. I, don't know. I think she's going to I think that's what she's going to spend the next foreseeable future doing is yeah. helping helping the Cree. So, yeah, you know, they they wouldn't have shot it the way they did. They the the filmmakers made sure 
the Cree saw her do it. That's true. Right. Yeah. They were very focused on the Cree looking, seeing her reset the star and being like, we're oh, friends now. Yay. So we're 100%. friends now. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they definitely, they're, they're allies now. Yeah. Oopsie. Uh, sorry for turning off the light. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just, there you go. Yeah. I accidentally blew up your son, but it's okay. I put it back. <laughs> yeah. I put it back. Uh, second to last question: Who's keeping all these flirkin? I don't know, Nick. Oh my god, oh, that was excuse me, Yuri, Suri. Um, that was kind of interesting. I I I got a kind of a kick out of that. It's like, yeah, just everyone stop running. Let, let them, them eat you. Eat you. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yeah. So no, I'm sorry. That is the last question. But again, great article from yeah. Gizmodo. Uh, some really questions. interesting questions and uh, yeah uh, I look forward to what comes next uh, if I had to give it a rating I would say it's a solid B maybe B plus I would say B I would give it a solid solid B plus I like I said um, I was looking forward to this one not like I wasn't looking forward to the the last few MCU movies but they've just they've just been so such a letdown yeah. it felt really good walking out of the theater tonight being like that was fun like <laughs> I would go watch that again. I'm excited about uh, the future of that. You know what comes out of this, and mm -hmm. and th then I was like reminded that like you know every news article you open is just like the worst opening, and I'm just like, so what? This was yeah, forget a lot guys. of fun. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had to actually tell my wife. I was like, every time I take her to a new Marvel movie, she's always asking, so what's next? What do we get to see next? I was like, honestly. We're not going to get very many movies next year. Right. It's just going to be one and some TV shows. So mm -hmm. hope you're okay with that. I mean, we don't have to go out to the theater to see it, but right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think on the docket is, like you said, Ironheart, um, Echo, which just dropped the first trailer. Uh, Deadpool 3 is the only movie. Crazy. Uh, and then, um, yeah, like everything else has been delayed mainly because of the strikes. Thank goodness those are over, by the way. Both oh, of God. them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Enough Good for me. them for getting a great deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Props to everybody who picketed. Yeah. I'm excited. Get, everyone's going to get back to work now. <laughs> yeah. So we have stuff to talk about on our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts, our thoughts on the Marvels, right? Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? recommended i know like mm -hmm. superhero fatigue is a big thing the mcu that you know n seemingly uh losing steam mm -hmm. i think you go back uh go to the theater watch this one i think you'll have fun and at the end of the day that's what these movies are kind of about and and the other ones have just felt like they weren't really fun or even good mm -hmm. um this one is good this one is good. It's a lot of fun. It's it's lighthearted. It's, it's yeah. I think this is a pointing in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Here, here. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so where can they find the podcast? Easy. Hey, you know, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, you can watch us at YouTube.com forward slash at the Pop Shot Podcast, and we're on. Instagram. And I think that's it. Yeah. Pop Shark Podcast. <laughs> so go listen, go subscribe. Yeah, suspense. Yeah, that's you know, that's yeah. what you gotta do. Yeah. Thank you so much for for joining us. 
on another episode of the Pop Chart Podcast. Yeah, we'll see you guys. Well, maybe not next week, but whenever we decide to record one of these things. That's right. We're on our time. And remember, live long and prosper. <laughs>